So thankful that you joined us. Uh, please keep uh, Doc Washburn. Uh, this is the Doc Washburn Show. You can catch us at the DocWashburnShow.com. And man, good to see everybody joining in here. Uh, GZ, and I'm having to go by these usernames, so I apologize. GZUVRGYA, uh, Jane, PBG, Bluebird, DMAC, G Campbell, all you guys coming in here, man, been with us all week long. Uh, kind of helping me, uh, hold the thing up while we get Doc back on the air. Uh, that's, that's the focus right now. He's doing better. Uh, just trying to get his strength back. And, uh, and we're just thankful that you're here today. G Campbell, good to see you today. Uh, just, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Okay. We've sent the, we've sent your invite. We'll see what happens here. Um, but, uh, just looking forward to a great day, some great things that are going on. Um, uh, and, uh, D, if you call and can't get in, uh, hey man, good, good to be here, uh, G. Um, but, uh, great, great day, great, uh, opportunities, uh, for us all. Untangled is, uh, untangled and is in the house. Good to see you today. Uh, this is the Doc Washburn show. Doc Washburn was fired from, uh, his radio station, uh, which was owned by one of the largest radio, uh, con- conglomerates in the nation, uh, Cumulus Media. They fired him because he wouldn't take the, uh, COVID uh, vaccine. And, uh, and uh, as soon as he was fired, there was this, uh, guy that calls and says, Hey, I actually got his number through somebody else and said, Hey, I want to talk to you. And, uh, Doc and uh, our ownership team went out and met with the guy and uh, he said, man, look, he said, I, I do thousands of dollars worth of work uh, with the uh, with Cumulus Media. And he said, I'm uh, I'm wanting to go to to you guys. I want to spend my money with you. Uh, this guy was Mitch Ward over at RedRiverYourWay.com, RedRiverYourWay.com. It's a huge uh, car dealership. Uh, that is located right in the middle of the United States. They're liberty-minded, liberty-loving people. And uh, you want to do business with uh, Red River Your Way. Uh, they are just awesome, awesome people uh, at RedRiverYourWay.com. You can go right there to the website and plug in the kind of car that you're looking for. I sent three people yesterday uh, that uh, off the air or on the air uh, hit me a text and said, Hey, man, you know, uh, I heard your thing about them. Uh, and so easiest way to do it is just go to redriveryourway.com and, uh, man, they'll connect you. A couple of them, I said, you know, I'm not really wanting to do it through the internet. So I said, call them and they did. They called them and, uh, and got the ball rolling. You go right on there and say, here's how much money I want to spend. They'll tell you how much your payments are going to be. Just a, a wonderful, wonderful, uh, car dealership and doing, uh, car business like it's done in the 21st century. 
You can just go right on there, pick out the car you want, and they'll bring it right to your doorstep in Virginia, Florida, Texas, uh, Louisiana, uh, all the states, California, all the state, if there's anybody left in California. Now, we have some great listeners, actually, in California. So that's RedRiverYourWay.com, uh, and we're here because of great people like them. And so we're just so thankful uh, to, to have you today. Man, there is a phenomenal story. Do you guys remember, uh, are you old enough to remember when the IRS uh, made uh, made the uh, nonprofits of America their target. Do you remember? Do you, are you old enough to remember when there was this president way back somewhere between Washington, uh, George Washington, and uh, I don't know, let's say maybe um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt? There was this guy wedged in there somewhere, uh, Barack uh, Hussein Obama. And uh, he weaponized the IRS and made it uh, go after all these 501c3s. Uh, are you old enough to remember that? Uh, well, uh, this is uh, 2022, and uh, here's what's going on now with the IRS. Uh, and so I, I want to, um, if, if 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 I wanted to. Um, you know, look at it today and say, wait a minute. Now, in in not not the too distant past, the IRS was weaponized to to go up against 501c3s and catch all these cheating 501c3s. Well, uh, here's something you need to consider. Over at the Washington Examiner, there's a, a, a writer over there by the name of Andrew Kerr. Uh, he's an investigative reporter, and he's Got a great piece on BLM, uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, which we know that this was not about Black Lives Matter because there's people being slaughtered every day in Chicago, people being slaughtered every day, uh, uh, black on black crime, uh, you know, black police officers being killed, not a word being said. So it wasn't about Black Lives Matter. Uh, it, it was it was a, a farce. More, uh, it was a, a it was not a lofty goal, but it was actually uh, a money making scheme, uh, and and really just quite honestly a Marxist uh, organization. That's that's bottom line. And so um, he had a he had a great line that I wanted to give you here uh, that uh, I, I thought was so powerful. And I wanted to, to try to find it here and start it off with uh, this, uh, you know, with, with this piece. The whole writing is great. The whole thing is just phenomenal. Uh, but he has a line in here that is, I, I think, just so, so uh, powerful. Uh, and again, this is over at the Washington Examiner. It's Andrew Kerr. And uh, th- this is within the article. So I encourage you to go over to the Washington Examiner, read the article. Uh, I may, uh, I, I may, I'm going to definitely read some of them because we're going to be talking about it here for a little bit. We're going to talk about what is the difference between Black Lives Matter as a 501c3 uh, and everybody else out there. So uh, it says, like a giant ghost ship full of treasure drifting in the night with no captain, no discernible crew, and no clear direction. Uh, and uh, and this was uh, a quote, actually. From Charity Watch Executive Director Lori Styron, uh, and this is what she said of BLM. She said, like a giant ghost ship full of treasure, drifting in the night with no captain, no discernible crew, and no clear, no clear direction. 
says no one appears to have been, this is Andrew Kerr over at uh, the Washington Examiner. No one appears to have been in charge at Black Lives Matter for months. Uh, the address it lists on tax form, uh, tax forms is wrong. Hello, IRS. And the charity's two board members, which typically, uh, charities require more than two board members, um, won't say who controls its $60 million bankroll. I, I guarantee you out of all the charities, the 501c3s, uh, and, uh, a friend of mine and I started a, uh, started a, a, a nonprofit, uh, here about 10 years ago. We do great work. It's called Arkansas Metro, uh, and we help people who are trying to help themselves. Uh, but we don't have $60 million. Uh, I don't know of any charity. There's very, very, very few. I bet it's in the one-tenth of one percentile of uh, 501c3s or nonprofits that has anywhere close to that kind of money. Uh, so they, uh, the tax, the, the address on the, on the list on the tax forms is wrong. The charity's two member, uh, two board members won't say who controls its $60 million bankroll. Uh, BLM, BLM's shocking lack of transparency surrounding its finances and operations raises major legal and ethical red flags. Multiple charity experts have told the Washington Examiner, uh, and I'm not an expert, but I own a, uh, or don't own it, but, uh, founder, uh, co-founder of a, uh, a nonprofit, and I can tell you for sure, uh, BLM, BLM co-founder Patrice, uh, uh I believe that's Quayar, Quayars are, uh, appointed two activists to serve as the group's senior directors following her resignation in May. So the co, one of the co-founders resigned in May amid scrutiny over her personal finances, but both quietly talking about the two senior, uh, advisors. Uh, but both of those quietly announced in September they, they never took the jobs due to disagreements with BLM. They told the Washington Examiner they don't know who now leads uh, the now the nation's most influential social, social justice organization. Sorry about that. I still haven't had a chance to take a sip of my coffee. <laughs> Paul Kamnar, counsel for conservative watchdog groups, the National Legal and Policy Center, said a full audit and best investigation to Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. The legal entity that represents the national BLM movement is warranted. This is grossly irregular and improper for a nonprofit with 60 million in its coffers, uh, Kiminor said. BLM previously come under fire from local black activists after the New York Post reported in April that, uh, uh, QR is C-U-L-L-O-R-S. Then its executive director had spent 3.2 million on real estate across the United States. Remember that all the houses. The report followed BLM's disclosure in February of 2021 that it closed out 2020 with 60 million dollars in its bank accounts, plural. BLM denied allegations that uh, that uh, coolers or Kuar spent BLM funds on her personal properties. However. Uh, BLM and other activist organizations under Cooler's control offered con, uh, contracts to an art company led by the father of the only of her only child. So her uh, baby's daddy uh, actually was negotiating contracts 
uh, for an art, art company, uh, the Daily Caller reported. Coolars uh, announced in May she was stepping down and that activist uh, Makani Thimba and Manifa Bendeli would lead the organization. That's the two people that never took the job as senior executives, but Fimba and Bendeli revealed in September that they never actually took the job because of disagreements with BLM's acting leadership council. And that's in quotes. Both Fimba and Bendeli told the Washington Examiner they do not know who took over BLM's top executive uh, as BLM's top executive after their departure. And neither would say who served on the council or the board. We never actually started in, the, in those positions, so we never received any detailed information, Thimba said. While a charity's finances are ultimately the responsibility of its board of directors, BLM's bylaws explicitly state that its executive director shall have charge over all funds and securities of the corporation. The two remaining board members, uh, Shalama Bowers and Raymond Howard, did not return numerous requests for comment asking uh, who has been in charge of BLM and its money since Coolers left the charity in May. Bowers served as the treasurer for the multiple activist organization by multiple activist organizations run by Coolers, including BLM PAC uh, and a Los Angeles-based jail reform group that paid Coolers twenty thousand a month and dropped nearly twenty six thousand for quote meetings at a luxury Malibu beach resort in twenty nineteen. Bowers declined to comment when reached by phone on Monday. Uh, Howard has spoken openly on Facebook about his work with BLM and his close relationship with coolers, but he appears to have recently taken steps to conceal his role with the charity. Uh, as recently as last Friday, this was actually written just uh, let's see here. Uh, this was written, uh, yesterday. Uh, so as, as recently as last Friday, so that's, that's pretty recent, a week ago, Howard's LinkedIn profile stated that he is the director of operations for an international social, social justice organization. Uh, his page was modified after the Washington Examiner con- contacted Howard for comment. Now states he serves as the director of operations for a nonprofit. A reference to Howard's position as the finance and operations manager of New Impact Partners at Dayton, Ohio-based consultant at a uh, Dayton-based Ohio uh, Ohio-based consulting firm owned by his sister was also removed from his LinkedIn profile. Also, as recently as last Friday, a website for New Impact Partners attributed a quote to Raymond from Black Lives Matters Global Network Foundation. Uh, and so it just goes on and on and on. Uh, one, one person in the story said $60 million is not chump change. What BLM does is of tremendous social importance. Uh, but they won't give an honest or complete or straightforward answer in rega- regards to its leadership and its concern. Uh, the IRS granted BLM exempt, tax exempt status in December of 2020. Uh, enabling the group to operate as a charity independent of its uh, former physical sponsor. So it had some people who invested money and then they turned on profit. And so uh, there is a <clears throat> there's a lot here. Go over there to the Washington Examiner and check out this story uh, about BLM and about uh, the, the extreme corruptness going on there. Um, I, I think it's, um, you know, I, I think just juxtaposed 
uh, to what happened uh, during the Obama years with uh, with nonprofits, I think is the real story here. Uh, yes, we, we knew all along that there was definitely some things there uh, to be concerned about with BLM. Uh, we had people uh, that were social activists themselves saying, I'm not sure about BLM. I'm not sure about what they are doing uh, and what's going on with them. Uh, hey, Deborah, good to see you. Uh, DDBHZ, good to see you today. Man, we're glad to have you. There he is. There's Cartoon Steve. He's, uh, in the, he's in the house. Good to see you guys today. Um, and so, uh, I think the bigger, the bigger story here, yeah, $60 million. Uh, yeah, uh, no one seems to be in charge. Uh, one of the co-founders has stepped away. Um, uh, ah, but the IRS doesn't care. It's like the IRS, uh, you know, doesn't care about, uh, I mean, the IRS is too busy running down, you know, some guy and his wife that are, are trying to, you know, feed homeless people, you know, sack lunches, uh, and, and they bring in, you know, a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars a year and they do it, you know, after they get off work or maybe they're retired and they're doing it. That, that's, that's who the IRS uh, is concerned about not BLM and there's $60 million with nobody in charge. Man, it sounds kind of like, I don't know, let me think for a minute, uh, another uh, three-letter uh, alphabet agency like the, I don't know, FBI. You know, the FBI is concerned about grannies uh, holding a flag on January the 6th at the Capitol. Uh, you know, some of them uh, a long ways from, from anything remotely that could be uh, cast as, as violent or whatever. Uh, and man, they're, they're tracking them down, but man, they don't have time to, you know, to, 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 to thwart an attack on a Jewish synagogue in Texas. Oh no, we, we got bigger fish to fry. Uh, do you see a pattern here? Uh, that uh, it's these agencies and we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Uh, the, tyrannical nature of these alphabet agencies like the EPA and the FBI, the IRS, uh, man, you think they would be going after criminals. They'd be going after uh, people that are abusing the system uh, rather than uh, going after people that, oh, I don't know, maybe have a political, a certain political leaning, or maybe they voted for a certain political uh, figure like Donald Trump. Um, uh, and, and therein uh, is the real issue. And so it all comes back to what we've talked about with um, the, the, the 2022 campaign coming up. It all circles back to who will be the next president after jo- the Joe Biden disaster is over. It all goes back to the candidates that, that you and I may be uh you know, looking at said, man, I, I like the way he combs his hair. Boy, I, I like that she used to run her own company or whatever. Well, you, you, you better get them on record of saying uh, what they would do about an FBI that's out of control, what they would do about an IRS that looks the other way. And what we have, it's, it's a much bigger problem than that. Uh, we have people now approaching 400 days uh, that have been incarcerated with no chance of bail. Uh, that were there on January the 6th and they have been, uh, imprisoned. They're political prisoners by their own government right here, uh, not in China, but right here in these United States. Uh, and they've been in jail, uh, and really prison, a lot of them for, in solitary confinement 
for a lot of that or, or, or a, a large portion until a judge made them uh, get them out of solitary confinement for 120, 117 days of those almost 400 days that they've been in prison. While drug dealers, uh, people caught with, you know, pounds and pounds of cocaine and methamphetamine and fentanyl, uh, they are uh, they are freed on bail and they're out right now awaiting trial. Oh, but not these uh, not these people that made it to Washington on January the sixth. Uh uh-uh. uh. And see the disparity uh, in in the meting out of uh, justice and not even the, the the end game of justice. And so we have this two two tiered system of justice. Uh, we have this two-tiered system of accountability in the IRS. We have this two-tiered uh, system of uh, drawing uh, interest by the FBI. Uh, see, see the the, the pattern here, uh, and uh, that that's why these administrative states uh, cannot uh, be uh, used uh, to be a, a hammer on people that you don't agree with politically. And listen, I want to tell you this. I'm, I'm not for the IRS being weaponized to go after liberals. I'm not for the FBI uh, to, to me, that's abuse of power. I've I, I noticed this when I was in the uh, Arkansas legislature, uh, and I was really just amazed by it, to be quite honest. And that was I watched uh, the present governor there, Asa Hutchinson. I watched the previous uh, governor. Mike Beebe, I watch uh, these guys, and I mean, they played hardball. And if you didn't do what they wanted you to do, and you didn't do it the way they wanted you to do it, man, there was, I mean, there was a price to pay. Uh, and it wasn't just them. Uh, Mike Huckabee, uh, b- before uh, Mike Beebe, he was the same way, man. If you didn't do things the way uh, they wanted it done, uh, and you double-crossed them, or you didn't, you, you know, you didn't play the game and you didn't vote the way they wanted you to vote, man, they would, they would destroy you. They would, they would take your job. They would make sure you lost your job. Uh, and, and to me, that is a, a, a real, real, uh, red flag when it comes to a leader. I think, uh, the power that a governor, the power that an agency, man, that has to be regulated. And, and, uh, I think it was Cartoon Steve or, uh, someone on here yesterday said, Hey, I know I think it was Kenny said, uh, Hey, the Congress has the power of the purse. Uh, and the IRS gets their money that is, you know, uh, while they, they bring in money from fines and, and all their, uh, activities, uh, and burdens they put on the American people. At the end of the day, they are beholden and they answer to, uh, the House of Representatives who holds the purse strings. And so, man, all you have to do is say, look, uh, if you don't straighten up over there, man, we're, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to pull back on you. Now I need to look at it and see, uh, if they're like here in uh, Arkansas, the state highway department and the game and fish. Uh, were able to finagle and get enough power that they actually constitutionally became their own agencies, uh, uh, and independent of, of the legislature and, uh, and, and so, uh, and spending and everything else. And man, I, I just think that's a terrible, terrible, 
a path, an idea, because there needs to be accountability, just like the House of Representatives uh, and the Senate is accountable to the voter. Uh, these agencies need to be accountable. And so we have right here, we have the FBI and, uh, you know, they're just, uh, uh, are, are the IRS just turning uh, a blind eye and the FBI to, to, to Black Lives Matter? We're not even talking about all the manufactured riots. We're not even talking about, uh, you know, that $60 million. I don't know how much it was to begin with. Uh, spent on bricks, you know, just do a cursory investigation of where all the pallets of bricks came from during the riots and the sources of the fires and the hired hands that would move into a city uh, and they would dump them out of the back of a truck and they would, you know, run through a city and burn it down. Uh, uh, but but no investigations, man. We're going to investigate January the sixth. We're going to throw, uh, you know, people that held a flag. We're going to hold people, uh, uh, hold people for 400 days uh, that that uh, walked into that were invited into the Capitol. Uh, we have video of people being invited, waved in, come on in by officers, police officers, uh, and once they got in, uh, then they were arrested and killed, beat to death. Uh, shot a point blank in cold blood. Um, and so, uh, these, uh, who were the in- instigators of this? But, uh, so there's no, there's no FBI investigation. There's no IRS inquiry going on there. So definitely have a, uh, a problem when it comes to, uh, a two tiered, uh, system. And, and that, I'm tell you what that does. That highly, highly frustrates people. It, it makes people just crazy, to be honest with you. It makes people just uh, want to lose their minds when they find themselves, you know, in, in a situation where uh, they are uh, they feel like they're being done. I, I think it's so, so very important uh, that uh, that we see this two tier system. Uh, so let's move on. I want to talk about uh, Biden's uh, leap call to the Ukraine. Uh, we're not hearing a lot about this. In fact, you know, at first it was uh, kind of a story, and uh, and then all of a sudden uh, it didn't become a story because you know what happened? CNN uh, decided uh, that they were going to uh, pull the story, and I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And so uh, I, I think it's very, very important uh, that we that we kind of examine this a little bit and say, now wait a minute. Uh, uh, again, we go back and say, I'm old enough to remember when there was a call made, uh, and, and man, everybody was, uh, interested in it, in it. Everybody was, uh, you know, s- some crackpot was getting on TV and, and, uh, testifying before the Congress and talking about how, uh, you know, how, uh, illegal it was. And everybody was demanding the transcripts of it. You, you guys remember that? Well, chaos erupted. This is over, uh, let's see, at the blaze, Carlos Garcia. Uh, this is on the 27th. This was yesterday as well. Uh, chaos erupted online after CNN ran with a leaked report about alleged statements President Joe Biden made to the president of Ukraine in a phone call amidst rising tension from the possibility of Russian invasion. Biden spoke with President uh, uh, Zelensky on Thursday about the threat from Russia but a leaked report claimed that he told Zelensky an invasion was virtually certain 
and that the country should prepare for impact. Biden also told them uh, that the capital of Kiev uh, would be sacked. That's in quotes by the Russians, according to the disputed report. Uh, number one, uh, what kind of president calls and talks like that? Uh, I mean, that that's just that's really uh, bizarre. Uh, that report was regurgitated by numerous CNN reporters and covered by Jake Tapper on his show on the cable news network before the White House said the claims were false. He cited a Ukrainian official as a source for the story. The official account for the lead uh, tweeted the video of Tapper's report and then deleted it. Later, they reposted the video report and added that the White House had disputed the account. A spokesperson for Zelensky released a statement back in the claims of the White House that the leaked report was untrue. What would you do if you were sitting there uh, being invaded by Russia and, uh, and you needed help? Dear colleagues, some reports regarding the contents of the talks between President Zelensky and President Biden have appeared on social media. Uh, citing the alleged senior Ukrainian official. These messages are completely false, read the statement. Uh, correct information can only be found in official releases from the Ukrainian and American side. Yeah, right. Uh, that's, that's what we're going to believe that, you know, governments put out nothing but correct information, 100%. In this troubled time, we ask you to treat every piece of information as responsible as possible and publish only carefully verified data. Oh, oh, okay. Like you did with Trump, right? That's what you're talking about. Don't, don't leak any false reports. Uh, uh everything needs to be, uh, in these troubled times, we ask you to treat every piece of information as responsible as possible. Oh, now we have, uh, great, uh, journalistic standards. Gotcha. Christopher Miller at BuzzFeed said that his source in Zelensky's office confirmed that the comments claimed by the leaked report were an accurate de- depiction of what Biden said on the call. It sounds just like something Joe Biden would say. It sounds, you know, bizarre and it seems, sounds unpresidential. Uh, so <clears throat> I wasn't there. I don't know 100% that it happened. But listen, uh, you don't leak a report like that and, and put it out there uh, unless there's some uh, shred of truth to it, for sure. Uh, some wondered if CNN had been forced by the White House to delete an accurate report. CNN either completely botched a report uh, that could impact whether or not Russia invades Ukraine or they got it right and got bullied out of reporting truth by the Biden administration. It was probably botched tweeted Brent Shear of Free Beacon. Under the last administ- uh, administration, they would have stood by their garbage, but now they back down. The confusion mirrored a previous statement that Biden made about the possibility of Russian invasion. So on and on uh, it goes. But uh, bottom line, uh, man, it's called karma. And uh, what goes around comes around. You know, uh, what you reap uh, or what you sow is what you reap. And, uh, and here we are again. Uh, we've got the White House. We've got the president. We've got uh, Ukraine uh, on the horn. Uh, we've got reports leaking out. Does any of this sound familiar to you? I, it sounds vaguely familiar to me for sure. And so we find ourselves in a, uh, a time again uh, where uh, there is, you know, uh, reports coming out and people are asking questions. But look at the difference this time 
uh, and the framing. Look at the difference where before it was all, you know, uh, it wasn't not only was it said, we've got somebody and we're going to parade them out and they're going to say that it was said. Uh, you know, there were people listening in on those phone calls. They always do. Uh, and that's where, uh, you know, they had the, the colonel go out, uh, or maybe it was a, yeah, it was a colonel that went out and, uh, testified of what he had heard. Hey, Terry, good to see you today. Uh, Loadmaster, good to see you today, man. Good to have you guys. And so, um, but not now we're in cover up mode. And uh, again, it, it, it goes back to the two tiered system that we have. Uh, and, and we don't even have journalism anymore. You know, we've got people like Julie Kelly. Uh, we've got people uh, like uh, Molly uh, Hemingway. Uh, we've got people like um, uh, Glenn Greenwald. Uh, we, we got a handful, uh, Peter Schweitzer. Uh, we got a hand, uh, Solomon. We got a John Solomon. We got a handful of, of journalists. Everybody else are typists for the DNC. They're just typing stories and doing the bidding of the DNC. So it's really, really pretty, pretty pitiful, pretty, uh, fair to be quite, uh, I mean, pretty, uh, awful to be quite fair, uh, about the whole thing. And so we're going to reset here for just a second. Uh, I got a great story coming up for you uh, about Ian Smith. That was the New Jersey gym owner uh, that was um, given a one-year probation for defying lockdown orders. There's some uh, some some facts behind that story uh, that I think are fascinating. Ian Smith and his co-owner of the New Jersey gym, uh, man, they just stood up. I think they are a great example to all of us of uh of, of how to take on government and uh how to navigate it and to get creative and so we're going to reset here for just a moment and uh, i'm gonna get a sip or two of coffee uh, you take you a sip of coffee i'm gonna let you listen to some of this uh just riveting music and we're going to get uh, right into this story uh, out of new jersey okay Uh, thank you for giving me just a second there to just catch my breath, uh, take a sip of coffee and uh, get this thing back on track. Uh, did you hear the story? In fact, Doc sent me this story over this morning and uh, I thought it was fascinating. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. Uh, it's happening over at Penn State. Uh, I believe it's at Penn State, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, and it is a, uh, you can find me, by the way, uh, at Donnie Copeland. I encourage you also check out uh, the Doc, uh, Doc Washburn Show dot com which where you're listening right now but also you can catch uh doc uh, on his personal twitter page at doc washburn uh or also on facebook as well and uh so let me let me pull this up here real quick uh and it goes back to remember we were talking about the other day about liberalism and how it destroys everything that it touches i mean every single thing that it touches it it has an effect on it and so it is uh, with with sports, we see this uh, happening right now, and it's over at the Daily Mail, uh, and it's a story about uh, this. Uh, you know, you you think, uh, and, and uh, I want to make sure this was. Let me let me make sure I'm I got this right. Let me let me go over to the Daily Mail, and I'll, I'll pull it up, uh, so I'm not just reading what's on Twitter. Uh, but but uh, thank you, Doc, for that heads up on this. Uh, but uh, I want you to I want you to see something. Uh, and we talked about it yesterday about the, the the liberals and how they just destroy everything that they touch. And, you know, and, and sports was one of those um, enclaves. It's kind of like an island. It's kind of like a place where, you know, you could go and get away uh, and then, uh, you know, ESPN uh, happened, and uh, and and we all of a sudden found you know these you know uh, all these uh, liberals just climbing on and 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 just uh, there to just beat us over the head uh, when we finally said you know we want to respite from from all the Trump bashing we want to respite from all this uh, but no you know we get we get this. Uh, we, we get this same, same liberal drumbeat wherever we go and it just, just drives you crazy. And so, you know, sports was finally a place where you could go and you could kind of get a little respite from the political. But, but now, uh, you know, they, they're hiring liberals on every, uh, show and, and that seems like that almost is a, uh, you know, almost a badge of honor that you, you have to be. Uh, but, uh, this Leah Thomas, uh, uh, that, that is a transgender. And I, if I remember right, Leah Thomas, uh, is, and I don't think this is at Penn State. I think this is, uh, U of Penn. Uh, and so I want to make sure I, I got, I got this right. Um, but, uh, that this, um, transgender and, uh, you know, it's not Penn State. It's, it's, uh, uh, UPenn. Uh, said that there's this transgender and it's a guy who, uh, I guess couldn't compete, uh, as a guy in swimming. Uh, so he's now a girl, uh, fee, uh you know, or he's, and I'm, I'm using air quotes here. Uh, listen to what one teammate said. Said we're uncomfortable in our own locker room. Uh, a teammate of Leah Thomas, that's in quotes, tells how the trans swimmer doesn't always cover up uh, himself when changing uh, and the concerns go ignored by their coach and they're just saying, Oh, it's okay. Move on. You know, it's all right. Uh, girls, don't worry about it. I know you came here uh, for us to be, you know, to be, uh, you know, for us to take care of you. And I know you came here for us to, 
to, to give you a good college experience. But man, look, we got a liberal agenda we got to push here. Uh, and isn't it amazing? Do you find the, the, the complete irony? You know, irony is one of those words where, uh, it's, it's hard to, uh, define it. Uh, but man, you know it when you see it. Uh, you, you ever thought about that? Uh, you know, irony is one of those words that, uh, is, is, and, and man, that you talk about irony. The, 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 the Democratic Party is irony, uh, in, you know, in real time, quite honestly. And irony is one of those words, you know, irony is actually defined as the use of words to express something different, uh, from or often opposite to their literal meaning. An expression or utterance marked by deliberate contrast between apparent and intended meaning. Incongruity between what might be expected and what actually occurs. Uh, and while, uh, we do, we're sitting here having a, uh, having a definition, uh, to, to, to go off of, uh, it, you know, it's one of those words that's hard to really put into, into words, but you know it when you see it. And man, uh, you talk about irony. Uh, the, I thought the Democratic Party was the party of women's rights. I mean, just, you know, not long ago, we had Hillary Clinton at the Javelin Center and the glass ceiling. And, you know, uh, she was in no ways tired and she was, uh, you know, uh, getting ready to break the glass ceiling and, and, uh, you know, end all this oppression against women. And, uh, I mean, we we're still trying to, uh, trying to get the ERA, uh, passed the equal rights amendment, even though the constitution, uh, does give equal rights to every human being. Um, but, but we, we see this happening and, uh, and, and, you know, women are being mistreated and women are not being paid as much as men and women, uh, this women that, uh, and this by the feminists, uh, and not to say there's not some, some areas where, you know, uh, there, there's work to be done, just like it is in the, in the, in the race debate. Uh, but, you know, we have a constitution for all of that. And if you follow the constitution, uh, if, if, uh, employers and if, and if people will follow the constitution, Everybody is equally protected. The problem is not it not being in there. It's like immigration policy. Somebody said we need new immigration policy. No, we don't. We need to follow the immigration policy that we actually have. Uh, well, we need to make everybody equal uh, here in the United States. They are equal. Uh, that that God established that. Uh, now we just have to practice uh, that. Um, and and speaking of, so we have this push for women's rights. We have this push. Uh, that women be treated equally. Now, men under, you see, here's what happens. Uh, because the Democratic Party is not a party based on principle, but it's based on emotion and on gaining power, anything they can do to gain power, do, if they're duplicitous in their gaining power, so be it. If they have to uh, resort to Criminal activity, so be it. It's not about principle. It never is. So as conservatives, we hear them saying, we believe, you know, a woman should be equal and, and should be able to do anything a man should do and, and women shouldn't be treated differently. All right. So l- l- let's put a man 
uh, who who claims he's a woman in a MMA ring uh, and watch him beat a woman to death uh, because, uh, you know, he's much stronger. And this is generally this is not, you know, every case, obviously um, uh, he's 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 made uh, and created by God uh, to, to have more strength. And again, that's uh, a very, very much a general rule. Uh, and there are exceptions. And uh, and then we have uh, a man who couldn't compete with other men, obviously, uh, in in the area area of swimming, and so now uh, he decides he wants to swim with the, with the gals, and uh, but it's not enough for him to swim and beat girls, uh, and and now he can be a star. It'd be like me, uh, you know, I'm 60 years of age and I can't compete anymore on the basketball court, so now I'm going and and uh, I, I'm I'm joining up. As, and I'm identifying as a 60 year old man, as a, as a seven year old and little dribblers. And I'm showing up on Saturday morning at the gym and I'm like, you know, and, and everybody else is at my, you know, I'm six foot and uh, everybody else is what three foot eight and, and they're all at, you know, at my knees and, and I'm dribbling around laying it up and, you know, I scored 50, you know, 70 points today. Uh, and and it's like, uh, man, this is insane. Well, it's no less insane that a guy who identifies as a as a as a girl and decides he wants to swim, and then this school is you know so daft that they actually and and they're wanting so bad to be uh, you know politically correct, and uh, they want so bad to be. You know, uh, what they think everybody should make them. This is the University of Pennsylvania, not to be confused with Penn State. Um, and so, you know, uh, so it's not enough that he's, he's, he's coming in here and competing against the girls. Now he's changing in the girls locker room. He's not even, uh, showing them the, you know, the, the respect which he has no respect from anyway, or he wouldn't be competing against them. But now he's changing clothes in front of them. Uh, and, uh, and so it, it's just so sick and it's so twisted. It's so ironic that the democratic party is, um, you know, promoting this and, and all in on it. Uh, and, and yet they're supposed to be the party of women's rights and, and, you know, standing up for women. You know, you need somebody that'll stand up for you. You need somebody that will uh, be on your side. Okay. So you're supporting a guy swimming with girls, changing in their locker room. And, you know, they're very uncomfortable because this guy is changing in their locker room. Uh, so, uh, you know, he hasn't had surgery or anything like that. He's just, He's just hanging out in the girls' locker room, sounds like, uh, basically. And and so, you know, it's just, it's really, really uh, sad. It's sad for our society. Um, and, and then here's the other thing. Uh, you won't have, you won't have anybody. Um, reporters are not going to challenge that. Uh, can you imagine a CNN reporter? Can you imagine a New York Times reporter asking Joe Biden, like they would ask 
Donald Trump, if, if there was some reverse situation, uh, where a man was taking advantage of women, uh, and the Republican party was advocating it and celebrating it and saying it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. But can you imagine a reporter today standing up in the press pool and saying, Hey, President Biden, uh, what do you think about the guy that's swimming at the University of Pennsylvania, uh, and is, uh, changing the locker room and the girls are really offended. Do you think that's okay? That's exactly what they would ask Donald Trump. Oh, but they're never going to ask, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, that's never going to be a story. That's never going to be a challenge. They're never going to ask Jen Pasaki uh, about that. It's, it's not going to happen. And so, uh, you know, as, as conservatives, we understand that we, we navigate around it. And we just keep rocking and rolling and saying, hey, it is what it is. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, and uh, we move on. And so, uh, you know, just sometimes uh, you have to take the tragedy. You have to take the, the crisis and you have to say, you know what? I'm not going to allow the crisis uh, to define me. I'm not going to allow the crisis uh, to, you know, uh, totally just railroad or or disrail my life uh derail my life uh but I'm going to I'm going to turn this into good we're going to use this and I think as as conservatives what we do we use this and say hey wait a minute I thought you guys for uh women's rights hey you republicans run against democrats in states when you're in a debate ask the democrat in front of all the people there do you think it's okay for this guy to do this at uh, uh, University of Penn, do you think that's okay? And uh, so turn around and use it. Use what has happened for good. I tell you something else you can do. Uh, if you've had something happen uh, in your life, you've had a uh, a car accident, maybe you've had a a terrible accident on the job, or maybe maybe you got insurance with a company, you've been paying premiums every month, and uh, and then you have a fender bender or something happens, and you call your uh, insurance company and say, Hey man, I had this problem. And they go, Oh, well, you know, uh, you're on your own. Uh, and, and we'd call that bad faith insurance. Uh, maybe you got a personal injury, uh, you know, de- on, on some type of, uh, work related injury. Whatever it is, I'm going to tell you where your answer is. Uh, it's at justinmintonlaw.com. Justinmintonlaw.com. J-U-S-T-I-N-M-I-N-T-O-N-L-A-W.com. Justinmintonlaw.com. Justin, we met with him the other day and, uh, he knows we're nationwide. He knows we're, you know, all over the place. We're in not only in all 50 states, but we're in several foreign countries, uh, uh multiple foreign countries. And, uh, and, and, and we said, you know, now we're all over the country. And he said, yeah, we said, but I also know you guys are pretty, uh, prevalent still in Arkansas. And we said, absolutely. We have a great Arkansas audience. And he said, well, Arkansas is where I, you know, I focus. And he said, I still want to, I, I want to support you. And, and he was a huge supporter of Docs when he was at Cumulus. And he said, I want to, I want to be a supporter with you here and I want to try it. And so if you've had uh, some kind of, uh, car auto accident, you've had a slip and fall, maybe, uh, you were injured due to another person's negligence, uh, and you're never able to, you know, talk it out with them and try to, that's always the best way. And that's the awesome thing about Justin Minton is if you come to him and say, man, I got this situation and he's like, look, you could just handle that. 
And, uh, you know, you, you could, you, you could do well yourself. I'm not going to get you any more, many, any more money than you would get. Uh, and you say, well, how would he know this? I'm going to tell you how he knows it because he used to be an insurance adjuster. In fact, he's insurance adjuster turned attorney. And so he, he doesn't just, he, he doesn't adjust cases anymore. Oh no, he wins them. And I'm going to tell you, he's one of the coolest guys. Uh, he's very quiet, very studious. Uh, very just respectful, just just this, you know, uh, really, really sharp, really smart, uh, a listener. And uh, and I'm going to tell you, uh, after working for a major insurance company and trained by insurance companies how to settle claims at the lowest ultimate cost, uh, Justin Minton knows now how to get you uh, the insured and, and whatever your case may be. The, the very best that that, uh, that is possible. And so I want you to uh, go to justinmintonlaw.com or you can call 855-X-ADJUSTER, uh, the letter X, 855-X-ADJUSTER. Uh, and he, again, he focuses uh, mainly, almost completely on Arkansas. And so uh, I, you can call 24-7-855-X-ADJUSTER. The letter X adjuster, just like insurance adjuster, or go to justinmintonlaw.com. Uh, Doc, when he was doing his, uh, in fact, the other day, Justin told us, said, he said, man, I still get calls. He said, you know, after you left the air, he said, I still get calls. Somebody said, yeah, Doc Washburn sent me. And he said, uh, he said, man, I, I want to be a part of that again. And so, uh, we welcome Justin. He's actually not even, uh, you know, started with us but we want to go ahead and get him on here and uh, get him in the rotation because man he's a great guy uh, you know what i love about our advertisers whether it's red river your way or whether it's justin minton law.com uh, red river your way.com uh, these are not just people that will pay us to be on the podcast to be on the show uh, they are people that we uh, use. Uh, I, I did some business yesterday with RedRiverYourWay.com. Uh, if I have a problem, a need, uh, a, a injury, uh, personal injury lawyer, uh, Justin Minton is the person I'm going to. Uh, and, and it's not just because we know them, and that that's definitely an advantage, uh, but it's also because uh, I know they're liberty-minded. How many times have you been talking to a lawyer, been talking to somebody, and you're doing business with them, and uh, kind of halfway through the conversation, you mention something about Trump, or you mention something about the vaccine, and all of a sudden their eyes glaze over, and they, you know, they, that you see their liberal, you know, nuttiness coming out. And you realize, hey, wait a minute, I'm not talking to somebody like-minded. Now, I don't have to do business. Everybody I do business with uh, doesn't have to think like I do, but I certainly prefer it. Well, if you want to find people who are liberty-minded, who are conservative, uh, who uh, believe in what we're doing, believe the same things you believe, uh, but they are great at what they do, uh, whether it's getting a car, whether it's uh, an attorney, RedRiverYourWay.com, JustinMintonLaw.com uh, are uh, some great, great people uh, to do business with. And so uh, I'm just very, very uh, thankful for these guys. I got off on the pen story and uh, took quite a bit of time there. Uh, we're going to go to the Ian, uh, Ian Smith story 
uh, and it's going to bring up another guy that I want to highlight today. Uh, I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm trying to have him on the show. Uh, I, I'm, I'm fully expecting Doc to be back Monday. Uh, if he's not, I'm going to try to get this guy on the show. Uh, if I do get the privilege uh, ever again of being able to sit in for Doc, and man, I'm, I'm hoping uh, Doc is here from now on. Uh, because I, I certainly miss him. I know you miss him. And, uh, and, and, but, uh, there's another guy and I'm going to talk about him right after the break. We're going to take a quick break here and, uh, get started. We're going to come back and talk about, uh, the New Jersey gym owner, uh, Ian Smith here in just a moment. So let's, uh, we're going to reset and then get started back. Good to see you here today. Uh, yeah, that New Jersey gym owner, uh, Ian Smith, uh, gets uh, a, a pro, one-year probation uh, for contempt of court. Uh, it, this is over at the Blaze. Uh, see who wrote this? Carlos Garcia wrote it. Uh, and uh, Ian Smith, co-owner of the uh, Atlas Gym in the township of Belmar, was his Partner Frank Trombetti tweeted the conclusion of the court case related to the, his defiance of the lockdown ordered by Democratic Governor Phil Murphy there in New Jersey. Uh, thanks to all who joined in our sentencing hearing. So many came that the server crashed. So obviously there were a lot of people that were watching this online. Uh, we got one year probation for the crime. Uh, here's the really cool part. <laughs> uh, the... Uh, the New Jersey police, the state police, uh, after Phil Murphy, the governor of New Jersey, a flaming liberal, decided that he was going to lock down uh, uh, the, I think it's Attilis, A-T-I-L-I-S, Attilis Gym. Uh, I said Atlas, the Attilis Gym. Uh, they were going to padlock it. You know, they're going to do their thing. Well, guess what Ian Smith did? Ian Smith took the doors off the gym. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, so the, uh, Attila's gym is open and will, uh, remain open is, is what he said. And as he took the doors off the gym, uh, during this, uh, debacle, uh, this, this Soviet style, uh, red China style, uh, lockdown. Uh, and Smith and his gym have been separate, celebrated among the opposed lockdown rules after he kept his gym open for months after the lockdown order. Uh, we open every single day. Governor Murphy has thrown everything he possibly could to shut us down, Smith told Fox News in December. 
He has arrested my partner and I. He's given us over 60 citations, some of them criminal. Uh, he finds us $15,497.76 per day for every day that we're in operation. Uh, Smith estimated that some of the fines on his business added up to more than $1.2 million. At one point, Smith took the doors off the gym so that the police could not lock them. He said that not one case of coronavirus had been traced back to the gym. Uh, and then he made this statement, what's happening to middle-class American small businesses in America is nothing short of a complete tragedy. Uh, and I would go as far as to call it criminal. Uh, Smith said to Fox News, you're putting people out of business for good. Uh, later in March of 2021, Smith made headlines when he offered free memberships to his gym to those who remain uh, unvaccinated. So uh, here's a guy that just said, you know what? We're going to we're going to keep rocking and rolling. We're going to we're going to keep going. Uh, we're not going to allow this to uh, to slow us down. We're not going to allow this to uh, stop us. And look, folks, uh, you know, everybody has to evaluate their situation. Everybody has to look at, you know, what they can do. If you're a single mother and uh, you don't have anybody and, you know, you, you've got a child and, uh, your defiance could could uh, have your child, you know, taken from you or have your child, you know, in foster care. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you, man, you ought to do this or you you shouldn't take the vaccine, you know, uh, uh, this or that. You know, I, I'm firmly against it because uh, the average testing time, peer review and trials of a vaccine, of all the vaccines that are being compared uh, to the COVID vaccines, is 10 years. Uh, we had six months of vaccine trials. It was never used on children. It was never used. Uh, trials never included children. The trials never included pregnant women, and yet they're using it on pregnant women. Uh, and uh, that's why we've got a report coming out from a whistleblower at the Department of Defense about a huge escalation in miscarriages. And we're going to be talking about that here if we get to it here in a little bit. Uh, so, you know, uh, to be at Ian Smith, uh, I'm not saying uh, how you stand for liberty is relative. I, what I'm saying is you can stand for liberty and you need to stand for liberty. Uh, and but but you have to take your own situation uh, individually uh, at heart. And there's a lot of times certain things that you can do. And, uh, you know, it's so it's it's, it's so important that uh, we 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 stand for liberty. Number one, number two, uh, that we look at our personal situations. Uh, and but I, I think this has to go back to the founders and the founders. Uh, a lot of times we think of the founders in this really romantic sense and we see the, uh, the, the beautiful pastel, uh, paintings of, uh, you know, the, the founders and, and man, they had this idyllic life, you know, living on these uh, beautiful farms and plantations and, and man, you know, them sitting around sipping coffee and, you know, and, and, and in these, uh, high ceilings and beautiful tapestries. Uh, but in the reality, it's a lot. It, it parallels a lot to uh, the apostles who walked with Jesus. 
they they gave up everything that they had. Our founders, most of them died penniless. Most of them were pretty wealthy men, very successful, and they gave up uh, everything they had to pursue liberty. And uh, so it was with the apostles. Uh, you know, they, even though most of them were not wealthy, they gave up, they left family, they left homes, they left fishing boats, their occupations. Uh, and so the pattern here is simply this, uh, to achieve something great, it costs something great. And, uh, and that's hard a lot of times for uh, us in 2022 to wrap our head around. Uh, but it's the truth. If you want to achieve in life, it's going to cost you something, and uh, you got to make up your mind. Am I am I willing? Well, uh, freedom and liberty cost our forefathers everything, and so here we are now, some two hundred and and uh, what thirty five, forty years later, and uh, here we find ourselves at a crossroads again. And you have the Ian Smiths, and you have uh, even though it's not in the United States, it is right on our border. You have these truckers. Uh, in, in Canada, uh, that are, uh, defying the government. And they are these, uh, group of truckers that are, uh, compiling and, uh, are, are, they're, they're starting to, uh, just really, really come together. And, uh, and, and this, this, uh, against this mandate that Trudeau in, uh, in Canada, uh, and, and we see this in Italy. Uh, in fact, in Italy, they're now starting to have uh, a trucker strike that emulates uh, the, the Canadian truck, uh, truckers uh, stand. And so Canadian truckers stand for freedom. They're blocking all lanes of traffic, VB said. Uh, and note the mandate freedom signs on trucks. Man, who would have thought? And I know we got a lot of truckers uh, that are great proponents of freedom. Uh, but who would have thought that uh, you would see this kind of stuff? One, I think there's national mandates that is, 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 is the cause of this reaction. Uh, and while we have states that are doing these mandates as a nation, they've tried to institute these mandates and, uh, and states, and that's the power of our form of government and the states themselves. Uh, are pushing back. So we don't, at this present time, don't have the need for a national uh, protest like is in Italy, like is in uh, Canada. Uh, but uh, maybe in your individual situation, uh, and, and I think it's far be it from me or anyone else to tell you, well, you should do this and you should do that. And if I were you, I would do this. Well, I'm not in your shoes and I don't know your situation. So far be it from me to uh, to try to do that. But here, here is the bottom line that freedom cost. Uh, there's a trite but true saying freedom is not free. And so, uh, we, we see this anti-mandate, uh, happening. In fact, uh, over at, let's see, the, uh, uh, NWO, uh, uh, report, it says truckers blocked. Uh, this is, uh, in, uh, nworeport.me and uh, says uh, after Justin Trudeau's executive uh, order banning unvaccinated truckers from crossing the Canadian border, you find these truckers just streaming in and uh, 
and and protest. And I think if I remember right, uh, they're headed to, uh, I believe to Ottawa is where they're, they're, they're headed. Uh, and so, uh, here was a, um, this is only 50 to 60% of U.S. truckers are vaccinated, according to an estimate from the American Truckers Association. Uh, these rules will make thousands of drivers ineligible uh, for cross-border shipments uh, because uh, Canada is saying no more truckers into Canada. Uh, manufacturers are warning they may be forced to slow production. We will face higher cost, uh, which goes back to my argument and my diatribe yesterday on capitalism. Listen, if you are a motel owner, if you are a, um, a trucking company, uh, and, uh, you, you see a, a, a demand for, for truckers, again, remember that price is equal to the law, the demand versus the supply. Uh, that's what drives price. Price is in direct proportion to how much the supply is relative to the demand. And, uh, and so, uh, but as capitalists, you know, you have to find ways, you have to find ways to say, you look, yeah, uh, you know, it's costing me more, uh, but I'm willing to take less. Everybody has to play their part in this. And, uh, if, if you own a trucking company, yeah, you could say, uh, oh man, now I can charge X or Y. And you may have to charge more, uh, because a trucker's costing you more. I get that. In fact, my son and I were in the trucking business. I don't think I've mentioned it today, but I'm, I've got several businesses and I'm involved in several businesses. One included is the Dot Washburn show. And, uh, and I just love business. I love uh, seeing things get off the ground and, uh, you know, seeing if we can make it go. And, uh, and one of those things that my son and I did, we were my oldest son. We were in the trucking business. We had a couple of, of, of tractors and, uh, we were tractor trailers. Uh, and so we were involved in that and it's very lucrative, uh, but it's very stressful. Uh, and it is, uh, not without uh, a lot, a lot of, uh, challenges because of the shortage of truckers. Uh, and finding people that would be dependable that you can depend on. Well, I said all that to say this, this strike up in Canada is going to have a ripple effect on the supply chain. It's going to have a ripple effect on a lot of things. So a, a, a crony capitalist, someone who appears to be a capitalist, but is not will use that situation where they may need to, because uh, labor's costing them 30% more, uh, if they add 30% to the cost to ship, uh, they had to cover their cost. I get it. Uh, that's the reality. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but it is the price of liberty. Uh, but if, uh, a, uh, truck driver costs you 30% more because there's fewer truck drivers, uh, and fuels costing you X amount more. So you feel, you realize that I, just to cover my cost, of, of, uh, the increases, I'm going to have to go up 40% on my shipping, uh, rates, uh, and you charge 70% because you take advantage of the situation. That's not capitalism. That's crony capitalism. That is using a situation, uh, to your advantage to take advantage of people. And so a capitalist, uh, looks to make a profit, uh, looks to give people uh, the best deal possible and still make a profit because you got to make a profit 
Listen, if I have a, a gun store and the guy down the street has a gun store and I sell my guns at 40% less than he sells his guns. And the reason I'm doing this is, is for a very good reason. I want everybody to have a gun, uh, but I'm selling them at, you know, only 3% over cost. And it costs me a lot more than that to run my business. Then not only will I not be able to do this long term, uh, you'll have to buy from this guy down the road. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to charge even more because he's the only game in town. Uh, that's just an analogy, but, uh, so what I do is say, okay, uh, there's a shortage of guns. He and I are the only two in town. I've been selling guns 40% less than him. He's going up 100%. I've got to go up 10% because to stay in business, because it's also an act of benevolence to be here when you need me down the road as a business. And so, uh, I said all that to say when it comes to capitalism, uh, and when it comes to this trucker strike, it, there's going to be some residual effect, but it all goes back to what we're talking about. Freedom cost. You know, uh, we, 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 we get this idea that, you know, uh, man, I, I, I want to have the same freedoms that the, um, the founders had, uh, you know, I want to have the same freedoms that this era had. I want to have the same whatever, uh, and that's going to cost you. You know, it's, it's going to cost you. Uh, I, I grew up, you know, had a great home life. My mom cooked three squares a day, and, uh, you know, she would, the boys club was right down the, it was actually behind our house. And that's where we would go to the boys club. And some of you that may be not familiar with boys club, it's, it's like a, you know, it's like a, just a gym and pool tables and stuff and where kids could hang out. It was actually, you know, boys and girls, but they called it the boys club back then, but it's now called the boys and girls club. And, uh, we would go there. We would leave the house, you know, I mean, you could see the boys club from our house and we would walk across the field and, and go there. They had summer programs and kind of like the YMCA. And uh, we we would stay there, and after school, if school was in, soon as school was out, we'd go in, we'd change, we'd head to the boys' club, stay there until it closed at like nine o'clock, come home, uh, eat dinner, you know, get a, a bath back then, not a shower, bathe in our own filth, right, and uh, and then uh, go to sleep, get up, and do it all over the next day. Um, and so, but but my mom would even she would make us, you know, a, a lunch. And we could just walk back to the house, but all these other kids, their parents worked, not all of them, but a few of them, most of them didn't, but a lot of them lived too far away, but we lived right there. So they would pack a lunch. So we started asking our mom, if she'd pack us a lunch. She said, yeah, I'll just walk across the, uh, you know, the, the field and, and come home and eat. And we said, no, Bob, everybody else has a lunch. And so she'd pack us a lunch and we'd, we'd go across the field and, and play all day and, and eat out of our paper bag like everybody else was doing. Uh, and, and we long for that. We say, you know, man, I wish, you know, uh, it was to where my wife, one of us could stay at home with the kids or, well, you can do that. It's not impossible, but you're going to have to live in a smaller house. You're going to have to drive a less fancy car. Uh, you know, you're not going to probably be members of this and do this and do that. It's going to cost something. And so it, it, you know, all of life is a negotiation and, and, and nothing more so than our freedom. And, and I would even, uh, even more importantly is our, 
uh, our Christian walk. You know, we said, man, I want the kind of church that the early church had. I want the kind of walk with, 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 with Jesus that the disciples had. Well, uh, you know, uh, then do what they did. Uh, and, uh, if we want the kind of freedom that the founders had, uh, do what they did. If we want the kind of, you know, life that Ozzy and Harriet had, then we've got to, we, we've got to pay the price. And so, uh, this, these Canadians, truckers, yay to them, uh, check it out. I'll look and see if I can find, but there's gotta be, uh, there's gotta be, and, and if you're on here and you know of some type of support system for all these truckers, cause I'm gonna tell you, if they hadn't already, uh, lost their job, uh, th- they're going to lose their job probably more than likely. I mean, one, they're not driving, uh, and so they're not hauling, so they, you know, they're already, uh, behind the eight ball. And, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna type in here financial, uh, help for, Canadian truckers, if you find something uh, out there as well, uh, then let me know. But I would like to get it out there. I want to do the little part that I can uh, to, uh, you know, go on there and give a few bucks. If, if you know, if all of us gave a few bucks uh, and let's see, you know, uh, oh, I love this. Uh, and I'd seen this earlier and I was going to mention it. I didn't get a chance to to mention it, but uh Elon Musk come out in support of the truckers. Um, if you see something, uh, uh, maybe uh, something on, and, and probably a lot of these platforms like GoFundMe and so forth, uh, won't allow them because, uh, you know, because it's whatever, uh, not politically correct or whatever. But if somebody could help me while I'm on the air here and find maybe where we can uh, send some help to these truckers. We want to find a source uh, that is legit. We want to find something that is, uh, you know, not going to take the money and run. Uh, not something like BLM that, you know, uh, is is a front for uh, a money grab, but something that where the money is actually going to go to the truckers. I think that would be just phenomenal if that were to happen. Uh, but uh, Canadian truckers rule Elon, Elon Musk. Uh, joins Donald Trump Jr. cheering on vaccine protests, uh, barreling toward Trudeau. Uh, Elon Musk's tweet is a clear nod to a convoy that's picking up attention around the world. Uh, Elon Musk voices support for so-called freedom con, the so-called freedom convoy of Canadian truckers. We ought to come up with a, hey, that's a great idea. We're going to come up with a, I'm going to make sure Doc's okay with it. Uh, let's do a t-shirt called the, the freedom convoy. I support the freedom convoy and we'll, we'll give the money, uh, to the, to the truckers. As soon as I get offline here, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, cause we're going to get into the t-shirt game. Uh, but I think it's a great time to support these. Uh, truckers will in, do a little bit of research. You listeners out there, find a, uh, agency or find somebody, uh, that is, that, that is reputable that we can get the money to. I'd love to do a t-shirt called the freedom. Con- I support Doc Washburn show supports the freedom convoy or I support the freedom convoy. Doc Washburn show.com. Uh, you'd wear that t-shirt. 
you know, give 20 bucks for the T-shirt, 25 bucks for a nice soft T-shirt. We'll give, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the profits, uh, to the truckers association, uh, that is helping these guys. Uh, and so, you know, there are little ways, listen, to go in business, to, uh, get your prayer time in. You, uh, you know, anything worth doing, you have to get creative to do it. Well, here's a way that we can help. And somebody said, wait a minute, you know, uh, our 2,000 listeners, our, you know, 150,000 or 140,000 monthly listeners, uh, are, uh, I guess about 75,000, 70,000 monthly listeners. You know, what, what kind of impact can we make? Well, if we all gave a dollar, that's pretty good. I think we've had 140,000 listeners since we started, uh, what, 76 uh, episodes ago. So that's, you know, scaring, uh, 2000 listeners, uh, right at 2000 listeners, uh, per episode. Uh, hey man, uh, we can make a difference. Uh, you know, buy a t-shirt, uh, let it go to helping people. And so, uh, you know, in, in helping this call, see how you can just on the fly, you can, you can be, uh, supportive and you can help and you can see great things happen. We can do great things as a country. We can do great things, uh, as a group. And here, that's something doc, that, that was his vision of starting this to begin with, uh, was to, uh, to, to make this more than just somewhere where you listen to him talk, but, but a vehicle for freedom, a, a way to get information to you, but also the way to help people. Uh, listen, uh, up until Doc got sick, he was he was hitting campaign events, and he was, uh, in fact, the night that he started feeling bad, he had a plan had planned a reception uh, for Conrad Reynolds, a great uh, patriot that is running against uh, French Hill here in district second uh, district uh, congressional district here in Arkansas. Uh, and, and so, man, he's not just talking about it. He's doing it. And, uh, and so we want to help these truckers. We want to help, uh, what they're trying to do. So, uh, we'll, we'll come up with a Freedom Convoy t-shirt with a big truck, Freedom Convoy, uh, Doc Washburn show. Uh, we'll, we'll get the money to, uh, them. Do some research out there while you're out there and let's see what we can find that we can, uh, help them. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about uh, this DOD uh, whistleblower and the medical data uh, about the COVID-19 vaccines uh, and uh, all the adverse events that are happening as a result of it. We're going to reset, come right back. Uh, keep doing your research. Untangle, get on there. I know sh- uh, she's a research guru. Find us somebody that we can send the money to. Uh, if you've got a t-shirt company, we'd love to do business with you and, uh, get these t-shirts out, uh, that we're going to create. We created it right here on the air. And uh, that's if Doc, and I'm sure he will, uh, he'll approve it. He's the boss. Uh, but we would, uh, we're going to reset and come right back. Uh, Untangle said she's on it. So we're going to have some information when you come back. Uh, I've already got some, uh, some information and I'll read that to you when we get back. Thank you, Flash, for that information. We're going to reset and be right back, uh, with the rest of the show.
thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. Thank you so much for giving me that little bit of break. Tell you what I did. I made a I made me another cup of coffee and got back on here. Hey, we've got some, we got the ball rolling, man. You guys are awesome, dude. Flash, thank you so much. Uh, let me see here. The organizer of the Freedom Convoy GoFundMe fundraiser, uh, Tamara, Tamara Litch says GoFundMe is releasing money for the campaign and now has raised more than 6.3 million through more than 80,000 donations. Litch says funds will cover truckers, fuel, food, and lodgings. Um, Yesterday or the day before, this guy's filling in for Doc. Uh, uh, okay, uh, uh, thank you. Let's see. Oh, oh, this is not about the organization. This is. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, let's see. RJK uh, said, "How can we vote our way out of this? Can someone please explain to me how we can vote our way out of this?" Well, what I was talking about was. Uh, voting in people who would, uh, actually go to Washington. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. I totally understand it. Uh, I feel the exact same way about, uh, you vote, you vote, you vote, and nothing happens. And that was my whole point. The reason nothing happens and we've been voting is because the, the people we vote in keep doing the same stuff. Uh, they keep, uh, reelecting the same leadership. Uh, are, is there much more that needs to be done, uh, as far, you know, is there more that we can do? Absolutely. And that's a conversation and, and any conver- you know, any ideas you have, uh, I'd love to hear them. Uh, but I think it starts with getting people like Conrad Reynolds, people like Robbie Starbuck, uh, uh, people like Vernon Jones. I think I called him Vernon Johnson yesterday, the governor candidate. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment toward the end of the show. Vernon Jones, uh, ex-Democrat, and uh, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot there uh, talk about Vernon Jones, uh, but uh, I still feel like he got stiff by by, by President Trump. Uh, so I think it, you know, voting is uh, we have to do that, and we have to vote for people like Conrad Reynolds uh, here in Second District, Robbie Starbuck up in Nashville. Virginia is one of our growing uh, states. Virginia just did that. Look what happened immediately. So you ask, uh, what, what's voting going to do? How are we going to vote our way out of this? Well, uh, you had Virginia under uh, under Ralph Northam uh, and uh, uh, Terry McCullough uh, up there in, uh, in in Virginia. Those people were under tyranny rule. Uh, and now you've got a, a brand new governor up there. And on day one, he he uh, signs away executive order getting rid of the mass mandate. So that vote hap- uh, certainly helped. And uh, and and so voting does help, but you got to vote in the right people. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, okay. Uh, RJK said understood. Thank you. But but any other ideas you have? Uh, I, I'd love to love to hear them. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll, we'll get some more information. Uh, again, if you got a t-shirt company out there, if you know someone's got a t-shirt company who loves freedom, we've actually been talking to some t-shirt companies and they're not interested in doing business with us because of the messages that we want to put on them. Like, you know, a uh, picture of, uh, I've got one, uh, that I came up with and call it Mount Flushmore. Uh, and it's got Mao and it's got Che. Uh, and it's got, um, uh, it's got, 
uh, oh, oh, and, and Fauci on, on, on what looks like Mount Rushmore, but call it Mount Flushmore. But you got a lot of T-shirt people out there that won't even, they won't print that T-shirt. So we're looking for liberty-minded partners that we can be, uh, be a part of this with us. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, just, man, listen, uh, I, this, this will be the common theme anytime I'm on here. It's, it's the theme of my life. And that is as bad as things are, uh, better days are coming. Uh, there, there is a way out. Uh, there is, uh, hope. Uh, it, it's, 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 you know, you, you gotta be, you gotta be realistic. You gotta say, you know, here, here's where we are and here's what it really is. Uh, but you know, we, when, when all hope is seems to be lost, we hope against hope, as the scripture says. And so I think it's so, very, very important. Um, I tell you something else that is important is having the right health care. And man, uh, health care has become such uh, a, you know, such a, uh, a cornerstone uh, financially in, in a family. And, uh, you know, I remember as a young guy, you know, uh, my whole family just, you know, 150 bucks or something a month. And of course that's been, you know, 35 years ago. Um, and, and man, a lot has changed and Obamacare just totally, you know, demolished, uh, the system for a while, but we're making our way back. And, uh, you know, I've had great health care. I've had Cadillac plans with companies that I work for, uh, but I've been self-employed, uh, most of my life or considered self-employed, even though I do have an employer, the church, with, with, uh, whom I work. Uh, and so, uh, but, but I found myself, you know, in different situations. Uh, even recently I had the Christian sharing type, uh, insurance that you hear, you hear about. And, uh, and, and it was all right. The only problem with it was, and, and I think they're great people. And I think if you can't do anything else, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think it's a, it's, it's an option. It's a viable option. No doubt about it. Um, but I would go in, you know, uh, with my wife to dermatology appointment or some somewhere else. She had had a hand issue and I hand them this Christian sharing card. And they would kind of look at me like, you know, I stepped off of a spaceship. and They're all whispering and looking at me and they're trying to figure it out. And I said, OK, well, we're going to take it. But it's kind of like we're going to take it. But bless your heart. You know, and you know what that means in the South. Uh, you're so stupid. But anyway. When you know when somebody falls, you oh bless your heart, you okay? Uh you didn't see that there? Uh anyway, that's that's Southerners uh nice way of saying, you know, what are you doing? But uh that's how they'd kind of look at me. And uh and so uh I was paying over four hundred, I think four hundred and fifty bucks a month, something like that, for my wife and I. Uh she had some pre existing things that they wouldn't cover uh ever. And, uh, and so one day I'm driving on the road. I'm listening to the podcast, uh, and, uh, doc, uh, the show and doc, I wasn't listening live. I had downloaded it and this will be available to you as soon as, uh, the show is over. We'll download and you can go to dotwashburnshow.com or go to Spotify, go to any of your podcast platforms, download the show and you can listen to it. And, uh, so that's what I've done. I downloaded the show. I was listening to it, driving down the road. And Doc was talking about myfamilyhealthplan.com, myfamilyhealthplan.com. And, uh, and you know, I helped uh, 
be a part of that relationship. I was uh, very involved in in getting, uh, even though we've got uh, our main people that handle that, that's not me, and they do a wonderful job getting our sponsors. Uh, I, you know, I had a part in that, and uh, I think maybe even made uh, after Doc, I made the uh, second, uh, you know, second inquiry. Uh, to to the principals there at my health myfamilyhealthplan.com myfamilyhealthplan.com and uh, you know so I, I was very familiar with them didn't really wasn't totally sure I'd had a conversation with them a few times uh, and it sounded really good but you know it's kind of like when you hear something over and over and finally one day it just kind of clicks well I'm driving down the road and Doc's talking about myfamilyhealthplan.com He's talking about, you know, saving 30 to 50 percent on premiums. Uh, he's talking about even if you've got pre-existing conditions that, uh, you know, if, if you get approved because it is insurance, uh, you can, uh, you know, after a year, I believe it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that, uh, that they would, uh, you know, that they would cover it. Uh, free teledoc. Uh, you, you'd never have a copay. Uh, if, if they negotiate the, the, the right, uh, fee for a surgery or whatever, you'll get some of your premium back as a rebate if they pay less than what was scheduled on when, after they negotiate a procedure you have done. You actually can get a check back, uh, discount drug cards, uh, and just, I, I was just like, and it's like it finally clicked with me. And so I, I called them. I, I went to myfamilyhealthplan.com I, 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 and I did some inquiry. And, uh, and, and so I was like, man, this, uh, this stuff is great. And, and, uh, took me maybe 20 minutes to get everything, uh, done. Uh, and then had a little bit of stuff to fill out and it, uh, and, and saved, I think it was about a hundred bucks a month. Somewhere between 50 and 100, uh, that we save a month. And, uh, now I've got actual insurance, uh, you know, low or no copays, very low deductibles, uh, and my premiums are less and, and, and than, than I've paid in years. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm going by people that, you know, like Marsha that said, you know, at $28,000 in 2019, uh, that we had healthcare, uh, bills of 28,000. We had no out of pocket, including our deductible. If we'd have had our previous Obamacare plan, we would have paid over 15,000 out of pocket, 15,000 out of that 28,000 that they racked up in uh, medical bills. Russell said my wife went to a specialist after about a little over a week. We received a check for a hundred dollars. The, the bill was paid in full, no money out of pocket. So they didn't pay a deductible. Uh, or a copay, uh, they, uh, the bill was paid in full and they got a check for a hundred dollars because, and, and they can explain this to you better at myfamilyhealthplan.com. Uh, but it's something to do with, they'll call that doctor and say, Hey, I know you normally charge 400 for this. Uh, but we would, you know, we can pay 300 and the doc said, okay, I'll take it. And so, uh, you know, or, or whatever. And the insurance company uh, recoups some of the savings, and then you get the rest of the savings. Gwen said uh, these day, these days people just don't do the little things that myfamilyhealthplan.com does 
uh, for his customers. It almost seems like too much, but we are so thankful for all the extra. Vicky uh, said, I saw my doctor for an earache. I just showed my card. There was no copay. I received mail from my insurance company, and I was sure it was a bill. To my surprise, it was a check for $110 with my bill uh, paid in full. And so uh, he said, well, it sounds too good to be true. I'm telling you, these are legit people. Uh, and since they have been uh, they've been advertising on the Dot Washburn Show, they've been so pleased. And so if you'll just go to myfamilyhealthplan.com, you can, uh, right there on the, on their screen, they have a button that says schedule call now, hit that big bright red button and, uh, start saving 30 to 50% on premiums, get personalized health coverage, lower, no deductible and no co-pays. Man, it sounds like a pretty good deal to me, right? Uh, uh, that's myfamilyhealthplan.com. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Peter, uh, Schweitzer's new book about the Biden family. Uh, it is, it is surreal, man. It is like, you know, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, but over the New York Post, there's a story about the Biden family and, and about, you know, what's happening, uh, with the Chinese elite have paid some 31 million to Hunter and the Bidens. Uh, for those wondering why Joe Biden, this is by, uh, Peter Schweitzer. Uh, and uh, it's probably an excerpt, maybe some of a part of uh, his new book uh, that that has uh, hit the newsstand. Uh, for those wondering why Joe Biden is soft on China, consider this never before reported revelation. You ready for this? The Biden family has done five deals in China, totaling some thirty one million dollars arranged by individuals with direct ties to Chinese intelligence. Some reach into the very top of China's spy agency. I wonder if any of those are connected to the spy that uh, was in uh, the office of a sitting Democratic senator by the name of Dianne Feinstein. Indeed, every known deal that the Biden family enjoyed with Beijing was reached courtesy of individuals with spy ties. And Joe Biden personally benefited from his family's foreign deals. What are these deals and who are the individuals who made them happen for the Bidens? Uh, here then are a few key facts about the Biden family's $5 million plus deals with individuals in bed with Chinese intelligence. Uh, intelligence. Uh, Chinese and in bed. Uh, Eric uh, Swalwell, are you out there? Uh, uh, let's see. Um, Let's see, in 2018, I was the first to report, this is Peter Schweitzer, on Hunter Biden's involvement with Chinese investment fund called Bohai Harvest, BHR. Hunter even introduced his dad to a company executive in December of 2013 when father and son flew to Beijing on Air Force Two. How nice. In October 2019, Hunter Biden's lawyer, George Masaris, said Hunter would be resigning from the BH board without receiving any return on his investment on shareholder distributions. What team Biden failed to address was the fact that Hunter Biden still owned a stake in the investment fund said to be 10 percent. When I first reported on Hunter Biden's China ties in 2018, 
Team Biden denied that they existed. Then they absurdly, absurdly claim that his stake in the BHR investment fund was only $420,000. I mean, who else out there has got $420,000 to throw around, right? Steve Kaplan, who conducts research on issues in private equity, venture capital, uh, entrepreneurial finance, corporate governance and corporate finances at the University of Chicago, Booth School of Business said a private equity fund with two billion under management will typically generate fees over its life of hundreds of millions of dollars. It's difficult to imagine, if not incomprehensible, that a 10% stake in those economics is worth only $420,000, Kaplan said via email. The distinction they appear to be making is the capitalized uh, they capitalized the management company with 4.2 million. Even if the fund manages 2 billion, the value of that management company is likely far in excess of 4.2 million if they are managing $2 billion. Kaplan also pointed out two large publicly traded private equity firms for reference, both of which have a market value of about 10% of the assets under their management. Using that as a rough guide, that would put the value of Hunter Biden's shares closer to 20 million, he said. Two months ago, Hunter Biden's lawyers said he sold his equity stake. They have not disclosed how much he made. But courtesy of the Hunter Biden emails on his abandoned laptop, we now know two of the key individuals who made that deal happen. And at the time, they had close ties to the very top of the Chinese intelligence apparatus. Uh, a Chinese tech, uh, tycoon named Che Feng, uh, aka the super chairman, played a key role in getting the deal going by introducing Hunter and his partners to large Chinese state-backed investment funds. Hunter saw a big payday. As he wrote in one email to business partner Devin Archer, I don't believe in lottery tickets anymore, but I do believe in the super chairman, and I think the sky's the limit. So who exactly is Che Feng? At one time, he was a business partners with then Vice Minister for State Security in China, which is China's KGB. This man was reportedly, reportedly the director of the ministry's number eight bureau, which targeted foreigners with its intelligence apparatus, including reporters, diplomats, and businessmen. It was also reported that he oversaw intelligence operations for North America. Another key fig, a figure in putting this investment deal together was uh, Zhao uh, Zheng, uh, uh, a.k.a. Henry Zhao of Harvest Fund Management. Zhao is a Communist Party official. The mission of our party is to bring happiness to people and revive the nation for the people, he said. But more troubling, Zhao was, at the time, business partners with Zhao uh, Li Jing, the daughter of the former minister of the state security, or their uh, CIA Xia uh, Zhengwang. In short, he was in charge of espionage, domestic and overseas intelligence. And it goes on and on and on. Uh, and, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read every bit of this, but suffice to say, uh, <laughs> there is, uh, major, major problems. Can you imagine if Donald Trump was, uh, had these type of uh, direct business ties and uh, was directly tied to uh, Chinese spies or Russian spies and in business with them and getting millions of dollars. Look, folks, here's the, here's the issue. You know, a lot of times we have problems uh, electing 
wealthy people to office. And a lot of people are very wealthy that go to Washington. But a lot of times you have people that are not very wealthy that go to Washington, but they always leave wealthy. The only person I can remember in my 60 years, uh, and, and obviously I hadn't followed politics for 60 years because I wasn't following it as an infant, but from 20, age 20 on, probably about the time, 25, by the time I started listening to Rush Limbaugh, uh, 85, 86, somewhere in there, uh, you know, I've seen no one that I'm, that I know of, and I know there's probably gotta be somebody other than Donald Trump who went to Washington and left with less money than they went there with. Uh, the old saying is follow the money. That's the bottom line. Follow the money, follow the money. And, uh, these people go to Washington with very little money. They leave multi, multi millionaires. Um, but Donald Trump went there as a billionaire, left with less money than he came in with. And so that tells you everything that you need to know right there. That lets you know that, uh, you know, there's something rotten in Denmark, as they say. Um, and so I, I'm just, you know, uh, we'll fo- keep following the story. We'll keep looking at it and seeing what, uh, what, what comes, uh, what comes of it. But, uh, you know, don't don't uh, depend on the, the media to do anything. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but thank goodness for Peter Schweitzer. Uh, let me let me look real quick here uh, and, and get you because I think it's important that we support people like uh, Peter uh, Schweitzer. And uh, I, I'd like to plug his uh, new book. I think that's only uh, right to do so. Uh, and it's it's actually on I think it's called Red Handed if I remember right, uh, and, and and it of course talks about uh, yeah Red Handed how American elites get re- get rich helping uh, the Chinese uh, Red Handed you can find that uh, pretty much anywhere uh, by Peter Schweitzer I think that is a great great going to be a great read. Uh, another great read that I'm actually got here on my desk and I was looking for it. I think I've actually got my mic on it. Oh yeah, here it is right here. Uh, this one's a little bit older. It's New York Times bestseller by Dave, uh, Victor Davis Hanson, who, whom I love. Uh, the case for Trump, a must read for everyone who supports the president or wants to understand this moment in history. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to delve into this. I received this as a gift and looking forward to it. Uh, but pick up Peter Schweitzer's book. Red-handed, uh, how American elites are benefiting, getting rich off of uh, the Chinese, and so, and it uh, is a is a fascinating read. Uh, let me tell you something else that I think is super fascinating. That we're going to end the day with a story about Vernon Jones in Georgia uh, getting stiffed by Trump, and uh, there's a little bit of nuance there. Uh, I'll I'll hopefully give you both sides of the story. Uh, we got about nine minutes to do that in. We got actually probably a little bit more than that. We can go longer than we, than that. Uh, but, uh, the live stream only lasts for two hours. Uh, and we could talk all day as far as the, uh, the, 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 the podcast. Uh, but we only get two hours on the live stream. So I try to keep it at two hours plus I kind of start running out of voice after two hours anyway. My, my wife's just amazed. She said, you know, I figured you could talk for 10 hours, much as you like to talk. 
but it's a little different. You know, you're using different muscles, using more of your throat and less of your stomach. It's different than uh, preaching uh, this right here. So it's um, it's a little bit of a, a learning curve. And uh, it's, you know, it takes probably five, four or five hours uh, to get ready for a two hour show. So you're talking about, a, uh, you know, uh, it, it's not busting rocks or digging ditches. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's uh, I have a whole uh, additional respect for Doc Washburn. Continue to pray for he and Peggy. They're doing much better. And, man, we're just hoping they're back here on Monday, as I do uh, know you do as well. Uh, but I want to talk to you about TurnMyPowerOn.com. TurnMyPowerOn.com. This is one of uh, Doc's all-time favorite uh, subjects. He loves to talk about uh, the upper cervical center uh, in uh, right here in central Arkansas uh, and what they have done for him. Uh, but TurnMyPowerOn.com is nationwide. You can find a doctor. All you have to do is go to their website. If you're here in Arkansas and you're needing uh, help, uh, then you just contact, go to my power, uh, TurnMyPowerOn.com, TurnMyPowerOn.com. Uh, connect with the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center if you're here in Arkansas. If you're not in Arkansas, go to the Find a Doctor tab on TurnMyPowerOn.com. What is it? What is this Upper Cervical Center? What is this TurnMyPowerOn.com? Well, it's the powerful health-boosting secret you've probably never heard about because it's solely practiced by uh, very uh, because it's solely practiced by a very limited number of doctors today. Uh, TurnMyPowerOn.com uh, and locally up, Upper Cervical Center is not widely known across the world. In fact, many patients are surprised and relieved when they first learn of its existence and its effectiveness. Developed in the 30s by Dr. P.J. Palmer, uh, the Turn My Power On or Upper Cervical Center uh, right here in Arkansas brings patients a more natural approach to the relief of diagnosed conditions and health issues without traditional surgical or medicinal treatments. If you're experiencing pain, symptoms, or have received a diagnosis, refer to our symptoms page at TurnMyPowerOn.com for a list of some of the health problems that can be corrected uh, uh, at the upper cervical center right here in central Arkansas or at TurnMyPowerOn.com. Find you a doctor and get to them and uh, start using this uh, powerful, powerful tool. A lot of great testimonials, uh, allergies, migraines went away, uh, different eye problems went away uh, when people uh, underwent this uh, totally invasive free procedure. And uh, you you are looking for relief and you can find it at TurnMyPowerOn.com. These are great people. Uh, someone said, my friend used the upper cervical center here in uh, Arkansas and uh, for chronic migraine. She's now migraine free. Wow. Uh, that's that's pretty awesome right there. And so uh, that's somebody that just sent in. So, listen, you want to you want to get on there. You want to uh, go to TurnMyPowerOn.com. Uh, and if you're here in Arkansas, uh, just call the upper cervical center. Get your free uh, evaluation and they'll tell you what needs to happen and they'll get you on a path to recovery and do what Untangle and sending in here a while ago about how that 
TurnMyPowerOn.com and the Upper Cervical Center for you here in Arkansas can help you. Uh, over at the Conservative Journal Review, uh, the the, uh, the Conservative Journal Review, uh, you're going to find a story. Vernon Jones says Trump made a big mistake by endorsing uh, Purdue. Well, I could have told you, told you that. Uh, this was written clear back on December the 7th, 2021. But that's right around kind of when we got in the Christmas season, not the holiday season. It's Christmas. There's no holiday music. Do you know of any Thanksgiving music? Do you know of any Easter music? I'm talking about, I'm, I'm not talking about resurrection type stuff. I'm talking about bunnies and Easter eggs and stuff. Uh, there, there's no Easter music, uh, non, non spiritual. Uh, you know, there's no Thanksgiving music. There's no New Year's music except for all, uh, all Lang Syne. Uh, it's all, it's Christmas music. So can we stop with that? But anyway, so we, we, we got into Christmas, the Christmas mode around December the 7th. So you probably missed the story. Maybe like I did. Man, I've been following Vernon Jones. I love Vernon Jones. Vernon Jones is the Democrat that switched parties and man was, was front and center when, uh, governor of Georgia was hiding and when, uh, Purdue was hiding and vacillating about, uh, you know, was the, was the election stolen in Georgia? These guys were nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be seen. Where was Vernon Jones? Vernon Jones was on the front line. Vernon Jones was saying, uh, man, this is a, you know, this is a travesty and, and, and on and on. And, uh, Man, I, I'm going with the, I'm riding with the people who ride with us, man. Uh, Taylor Budowich, uh, said 45, um, says, uh, uh, 45, talking about President Trump, uh, is endorsing, uh, Purdue, David Purdue and Herschel Walker. I'm all for Herschel Walker. I'm 100% in. I've given him some money already and would like to give him some more if I'm able. Um, uh, we'll make an unstoppable team for Georgia. Trump supporters will try out to vote for these great leaders in big numbers. David Perdue has my complete and total endorsement. He will not let you down. Well, he has. Uh, and, uh, I think, you know, uh, I'm going with, I, I'm going with, uh, Vernon Jones. Somebody said, well, wait a minute. Vernon Jones is, uh, you know, recently a Democrat. Well, you know, well, let, wait a minute. Let me think about something. Oh, I know. Uh, I know of another guy that was a Democrat, uh, and he worked out pretty well. His name was Donald Trump. You remember that guy? Uh, uh, but, uh, Vernon Jones says he believes he is that man. Jones is a former Democrat, uh, is, which this is ironic, which is why perhaps Trump was hesitant to endorse him. Well, we know what David Perdue is. We, we know what Kemp is. We know, we, we've seen that show. We, 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 we rode in that rodeo. So, uh, uh-uh, uh, that ain't happening. Uh, I'm not supporting Purdue. I'm not in Georgia. Uh, but for you Georgians, uh, over there, man, I'd go with Vernon Jones. Uh, however, considering the current purple state of Georgia, well as the fact that Purdue lost his last election, uh, he may be a better option in terms of drawing in more moderate Democrats. Already sick of Joe Biden. Who wrote this? Man, are you, are you nuts? In touting his candidacy, Jones stated people know that I've stood strong for Donald Trump and the America First agenda. Yes, he has. Uh, 
man, we ought to go on there, every one of us, and give five bucks to Vernon Jones and say, hey, uh, I heard about you on the Doc Washburn show, and uh, I'm doing this on behalf of Doc Washburn. I'm sending you five bucks. Uh, so uh, we'll talk about this maybe more uh, later on as we go, but uh, some of the, the thing about Vernon Jones is, well, you know, he, he had some hiring practices where he, he maybe uh, HR department, when he was the HR director, uh, he uh, was biased towards some white folks uh, hiring them or something. Uh, and, and this has been way back. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to tell you something, man. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just like with Donald Trump. I'm not going on your past. I'm going on your present going forward. And uh, I know what David Perdue is. I know what the president, the sitting uh, president, uh, Governor uh, Kemp is. Uh, Vernon Jones is the guy. And so maybe we can talk about this uh, a little bit more down the road. Uh, but we're going to get out of here. Man, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. Man, just loved hanging out with you. Thank you for riding with me all the way. Uh, hoping and praying Doc is back on Monday. Flash, thank you for liking the show. Terry, thank you. Uh, yeah, send your dad over to uh, TurnMyPowerOn.com to Upper Cervical Center. Thank you guys for everything that you've done. I'm going to uh, get you out of here with a little bit of that riveting music. And uh, hope you have a wonderful Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. And hopefully Doc will see you back here uh, 11 a.m. Central uh, on Monday. God bless you and uh, Godspeed.